Well, today we are in part two of our message series uh, all about Jesus. And last week, Brian did an amazing job of kicking us off and letting us know that this series is gonna be a little bit different as we are going to go through a book of the Bible chapter by chapter. We do that usually once a year uh, through the letter of Colossians. And the reason that we are doing that is because there is so much confusion and uncertainty about who God is. And so why not learn from the Apostle Paul, uh, who also at one point in his life was uh, confused and didn't have clarity of exactly who God is and what God wanted him to do. And last week we looked at the beginning of when Paul met the risen Savior and uh, had this life-changing event where we get these two questions that we're wrestling with through the book of Colossians. And so let's just look at that for a little bit in Acts chapter uh, 2 here. Uh, or Acts chapter nine, it says, as he, Paul journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, or Paul, he used to be known as Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, and here's our question number one for the series, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Now, I think, you know, uh, Brian chose that uh, translation because he just wanted to say goads from the stage. But anyways, um, so I'll let you look that up and see what it means. But verse six, so he, trembling and astonished, said, and here's our second question we're wrestling with, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. So after Paul comes face to face with this encounter with Jesus, he had crystal clear clarity on who Jesus is and what he wanted him to do. And uh, God would use Paul to go around and help others uh, have this clarity that they needed in their lives. And then there were some people who were going around and giving misinformation about God, and it was causing a lot of confusion and uncertainty. Now, when we live with confusion and uncertainty, uh, it can do a number on us. I mean, we become a target of fear, and fear can be devastating within our lives. It's like this. Uh, one time, uh, I was a teenager, and growing up, and uh, I was coming home on my bike, and I saw my dad mowing the lawn out front, and uh, he didn't see or hear me. Um, now, yes, this is a true story, and yes, you kind of know where this is going already. Um, but as I approach, I'm like, man, he is a great target. And so uh, as I rode up, sure enough, he did not see me or hear me. He's mowing. And so I thought to myself, hey, I'll get off my bike, and I'll sneak up behind him and bear hug him, okay? And so sure enough, he didn't see or hear me. I get off my bike and I go running up behind him and I give him this huge bear hug from uh, the rear, okay? Now, you've got to understand, like my dad is like the nicest person in the world. And you've also got to understand, like my dad is only 5'5", five five, okay? And so, yeah, you know, another person who's 5'5". Five five. And so, um, you know, I'm about, uh, at that point, six foot. And so sure enough, I give him this huge bear hug and uh, my plan works. Now, as I let him go, I will never forget his face when he turned around, okay? He was so confused and so fearful. Now, to his credit, what he did in that moment was amazing, okay? 
All of a sudden, he just couldn't say anything. He looked at me. He wanted to say something to me. Instead, he just stormed off, went through the front door, locked the front door, and said, you just need to think about it for a couple hours, okay? <laughs> you know? He had unbelievable character. And I am so glad that he made me think about it for a few hours back then. Um, but today, as we read the words of Paul, like Paul has a deep concern for us because Paul wants us to understand that Jesus doesn't want anyone to live in fear. And he doesn't want anyone to come around and confuse us with uncertainty or any misinformation because Jesus did something about it. And so whether you're checking out this whole God thing or you've been doing Bible study for a long time, today God wants you to have clarity he wants you to have clarity on what to do in the times that we face fear. He doesn't want us to be a target for fear. So let's go ahead and dive in. We've got a lot of ground to cover today. And so turn to Colossians chapter 2 in your Bibles or, or smartphone device, and I'll give you a moment to get there. Now, as you turn there... Um, if you don't have a Bible, always feel free to have a Bible from the back as our free gift to you. And then also download the Bible version app to your smartphone device. It is an amazing tool that will just help you to be able to uh, read the word and then also to understand it. But go ahead and turn with me to Colossians chapter 2, verse 1, and we're going to go through the entire chapter of chapter 2. All right. Now, the reason I always start off by giving us some background information, especially when we go through the book of the Bible, is that um, we need to know the historical context which this was written to keep us from uh, having errors, okay? Also, it gives us the confidence and proof that these things actually happen. And so everyone knows that Paul was a real guy. Like, no one debates that. Even if you don't believe in God, like, Paul was a real guy. And everyone agrees that Paul was this guy who used to have Christ followers uh, uh, killed, and then he went to becoming a Christ follower, and then he was chased down himself and eventually killed for his beliefs. And so Paul, in AD 60, is in prison because of his beliefs, and he's writing this letter to the church in Colossae. And he's writing it to protect them from those who were saying that they were kind of in the know, that they had this special um, vision that was given to them. They had this deeper knowledge, this higher understanding of what everyone needed to really continue to like earn their way to God or attain a right standing with God, which Paul's like, what? That doesn't make sense. And so Paul's upset with that. And so it was causing a lot of confusion and fear. And people were getting trapped by religion. Okay. Now, religion always seeks to build these complex rules and regulations that someone has to follow. And it's like, you need to do this. You need to obey this. You need to attain this. Uh, but you might not be there yet. Uh, if you don't do it, then you're out. Now, it keeps us and keeps people living with uncertainty and fear okay, of our standing with God. And so when the storms of life come, and they come, then we are automatically a target of fear just because of the storm. But to make matters worse, then we're unsure if we have this right standing with God and we're left wondering if God is going to be there for us or not. 
And so not only are we fearful of what's happening in our current circumstances with the storm of life, but then we are doubting and wondering what's our standing with God and is he there in the midst of our fears? And then we have fear of our standing with God. And so let me unpack this because it's gonna take the entire chapter to do this and Paul wants us to understand this because number one, he does not want anyone, anyone to live in fear or trapped by religion. So let's begin in Colossians chapter two, verse one. So Paul's kind of putting a conclusion to chapter one and then uh, this initial verse, he says, I want you to know how much I have agonized, been torn up, praying for you, have deep concern because of what is happening. Like even though Paul is not there with them, like he is so emotionally with them. He does not want this new and bogus teaching causing confusion and uncertainty amongst them. So he's got this deep concern in his voice. I want you to know how much I have agonized for you, the church in Colossae, and for the church in Laodicea, which is just north of that, of Colossae. And for many other believers who have never met me personally, and that includes all of us, okay? I want them, all Christ followers, to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love, not like the division that you're starting to experience with this new teaching and everything. So I want all Christ followers to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I am telling you this so no one, no one, will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. Now, if you think Paul's speaking with passion, uh, he is, and he's pretty fired up, okay? Now, we know what that's like because when we all have mamas who kind of get into bear mode, right? And we understand like when mama bear comes out, it's like, watch out, okay? Now, Paul, he's like in lion mode. Now, I know us guys, like we get kind of a bad rap, you know, for kind of like laying around, watching TV and being lazy. But you know what's happening besides us like working on these amazing dad bod uh, physiques, you know? We're storing up energy, okay? I mean, have you ever seen a lion pounce? I mean, we will tear you up, all right? And so that's what Paul's doing here. He is ready to tear up specifically two groups that are going around and causing a lot of issues. So you've got this one group who's going around saying, hey, we've got this special inside knowledge, all right? You've gotta attain it. Like, hey, we've got this inside knowledge and you've gotta attain it and you're not there yet. And so, um, you know, Paul's saying, no, that's wrong. Okay, it's causing division. That's not what God's about. And then you've got this other group going around and they, they're saying like, hey, uh, if Christ's death, you know, Christ wasn't really fully human or fully God at the same time. And so, um, you know what? In order to have a right standing with God, you've got to kind of earn it. You've got to kind of keep working at it and everything like that because that's what God wants. And Paul's saying, no, that is totally wrong. So Paul is saying this, and this is so important. He says, watch out for those claiming to have insider knowledge or you will be trapped. Because in Jesus, you have everything you need to live the way that God wants you to live. You don't need something else. You don't need to attain anything else or add to it. It's been given to you up front when you became a Christ follower. And so Paul's gonna drive this point home. 
So let's begin to unpack this and what's been given to us. Verse five, for though I am far away from you, my heart is with you. Then Paul begins to the next section. And I rejoice that you are living as you should and that your faith in Christ is strong. So, you know, meaning I'm glad that some of you are not falling for these false teachings. Instead, you're standing on the truth that I taught you and that others have taught you in Jesus. But here's how you access everything that has been given to you. This is so important for your walk with God and so important for us today as well. And so he brings this up in verse six, and this is so important. Let's read this together. And now, okay, that, you guys aren't in line mode. All right, get in line mode, all right? Here we go, all right? Verse six, and now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. So here's why this verse is so important. You know, I don't know about you, but for the longest time, um, I thought like when God was pursuing me and when I became a Christian, like Christ had me up until that point, and then I was on my own. Like I thought the Christian life was Christ and me. I had to pray, I had to read the Bible, I had to behave a certain way. Um, it was up to me. And, um, you know, I was pretty much failing in the Christian life. Um, because the reason I failed is the Christian life is not Christ and me, it's Christ in me. So Paul makes this clear in this letter, okay? When we start a relationship with Jesus, Jesus comes to live in us. He gives us his power. And let me explain this, okay? So how did we receive Christ? Well, in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, this is what happened. For it was by grace, that's God's goodness and kindness. You have been saved through works, nope, through faith. And this, not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So if we didn't get Christ by our own efforts, then we're not going to live the Christian life by our own efforts either, okay? So we walk with him just as Christ, um, just as we receive Christ. So when we wake up, it's not like, okay, God, I got this. Instead, when we wake up each day, it is, okay, God, through your goodness and power, help me to pray. Help me to get into your word. Help me to have the power to become the person that you want me to become. Speak into my heart. Speak into my life. Give me your eyes. Give me your ears to see what you want me to charge at. You be my leader today. That's how we live in him. And that's what Paul wants us to understand. And he'll continue to reemphasize this. So he continues to unpack this. Verse seven, he says, let your roots grow down into him. And the way that we let our roots grow down into him is just what I said. Like each day we get up and we start to talk to him through prayer. We read his word and allow him to uh, speak into our hearts and into our lives and to know him. 
And when he whispers those things through scripture, we take those scriptures and we memorize them. We hold on to them so that the Holy Spirit can remind us when we have those times of uncertainty or those times of fear in our lives, that he'll remind us that he is with us, that he's going before us. And that's how he begins to transform our lives to look more like Jesus's life in words and actions. And so that's what we're supposed to do. So Paul says, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Now, this explains why some of you are here today, okay? At some point in your life, you came across a Christ follower who was deeply rooted in Jesus. And all of a sudden, they went through something, and it should have taken out the legs from underneath them. And it didn't. And you're here today because you want what they have. You couldn't believe it. Like all of a sudden, they went through something, and they continued to believe in God. They continued to live this life. They went through it without fear and this confidence. And so you would say, like, they were amazing. There's something different about them. They are the real deal. And Paul would say, that's what marks a Christ follower who is deeply rooted in Jesus Christ. And it's possible for everyone, not just some, but it's possible for everyone to be rooted in Jesus Christ. So Paul, again, I mean, he loves to repeat truths, okay? Sometimes it's like, Paul, we've already heard that, all right? But he does it again, verse eight, because he doesn't want us to be trapped by false religion or live with fear. Verse eight, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Now, how do you recognize these people? Because most likely, this person who comes along is going to be someone you know, and they're going to say that, hey, I've figured things out, I've had this special insight, you need to attain this, uh, you need to have this new knowledge to come to this new level and everything. Well, now this is bad, okay? I, I, and I hate to admit this, okay? Uh, but before I became a pastor, I'll, I'll put that out there, okay? <clears throat> so I used to do a lot of Bible studies with a lot of guys and show them their relationship with Jesus. And one time I was uh, meeting with these three guys who wanted to grow in their relationship with Jesus. And one was a very new Christ follower. I mean, he was so brand new to faith and everything. And so, um, you know, I like to have a little fun, if you can tell already. Um, <clears throat> and so after a while of meeting, one night Brad was not like there and he was coming, but he was super late. And um, now Brad, he was always telling all of us like, man, I can't believe what God's doing in my life. Like I've stopped partying, I've stopped drinking, I've stopped sleeping with girls, you know? And so this guy was just like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm doing all this stuff. And so I said, hey, let's have a little fun with Brad tonight, okay? So let's just say like, Brad, okay, you have arrived, you know? And so, uh, Brad, you are now like able to really join us. You thought you were in, but now tonight you've got to make a decision to be in. Well, the guys love that, all right? So all of a sudden, Brad comes in, and I start to kind of lay the groundwork. And, you know, I was going to carry this thing for like 30 seconds. 
Well, you should have heard these guys. I mean, they went on and on and on. And so all of a sudden Brad's like believing them. And he's like, man, you know, and he's like really considering. And he was like almost there. And then these guys just start busting out laughing. And we all started laughing. And he's like, oh, okay, I kind of knew it. No, but he didn't, you know, I mean, so it was something else. But that's what Paul's saying. He's saying, hey, guys, watch out. You know, someone's going to come along and it's going to sound so great. And it's going to be like, hey, you're missing something. And because of the fear that we live with and because of your circumstances, like Paul does not want us to forget all that Jesus has done in our lives. When you become a Christ follower, you have everything you need. There is no more special knowledge. There is no more thing to attain. It's about growing deep roots at this point. And that's what Paul wants us to understand. And so let's continue on. He's got this line of thought that he's gonna continue. Verse nine. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in human body. So you are also, or so you also are complete. You're complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. So Paul is saying, hey, when we enter into that relationship with Jesus Christ, you're not lacking anything. He will never leave you. We have full access to God who will help us when we call out to him and he will give us clarity in the midst of our circumstances. And as we grow roots deep down into him, he will give us the guidance that we need because he alone is our leader and he has given us everything we need. So Paul reminds us of Christ's power because this is important. Verse 11 When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, not by a physical procedure. Men, aren't you glad we don't have like a circumcision station out there? Yeah, right? Instead, we've got donuts and coffee for you. Ouch. You know, could you imagine? Thank you, Jesus. You can thank him later. All right. Instead, Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature, the old way of how you used to live before you came to Christ. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him, you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Basically, you have been given a new life, a new way to live. There's no secret code, okay? It's living in Christ, which is possible for everyone, all of us to do each day. It's possible because of what Jesus did. Here's what Jesus has done for us when we enter into a relationship with Jesus. Paul says, verse 13, you were dead because of your sins. That's what sin does. It killed our relationship with God and it killed us both physically and spiritually. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God, then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave, and what's that next word? All. All. Say it again. One of my seminary professors, when we were like going over that, he said, hey guys, this is real complex, okay? I'm gonna break this down for you, but this is what all means. It means all. That's all that all means. All but it's powerful, okay? 
Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Now that's a mouthful. What does that mean, okay? Well, it means that God took everything written against us. He took our debt uh, that we owed for our sins and he nailed it to the cross and it is done. It is finished. All has been forgiven. And the reason all is forgiven is because Jesus paid for all our sins with his blood. It cost him everything. It cost him his life. When we put our faith in Jesus and enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, all our debt is forgiven. We have a right standing with him that can never be taken away. And as we learn, we have everything we need and there is nothing more that needs to be attained. So verse 16, so don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or noon ceremonies or Sabbaths of what they were trying to say, hey, you gotta do all these things. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is that reality. You see, our new reality is this. When we become a Christ follower, like we've been changed from the inside out, okay? Jesus gave us a brand new life, a new way of living. He changed us from the inside out. And as we grow, he continues to change us from the inside out. Brad, I never told him he had to stop partying. I never told him he had to stop drinking. I never told him he had to stop sleeping around with women. God did that in his life. And it was awesome to watch. And so I'm still in touch with Brett. He is happily married. He has a son. And he would tell you the same, that God changed his life. Because when someone tries to come around and says that that's not it and there's more, that has a mark of religion. And this is religion. Religion always focuses on the external to try to change the internal. Let me say that again. Religion always focuses on the external to try to change the internal. And so uh, people who uh, live with religion say, hey, you have to attain this. You have to do this. You have to know more. You have to behave a certain way. You have to have this special knowledge. And all that does is get you stuck in religion and confidence of checklists. But then when life happens and storms come, what happens? It fails. And so Paul is saying, hey, don't live with fear of not knowing if you're enough with God you can know for sure that you've got a right standing. Don't fear, like, is God gonna show up? He's going to show up. He paid for you with the blood of his son. And so it's not about what you're doing, it's about what has been done for you. Christ is enough, and my standing and forgiveness is done with God, okay? So now I can live. He has made me this new person, and now I can lay deep roots and follow him. So let's finish, okay? Verse 19, for he, Jesus, holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments. That's his power. 
And it grows as God nourishes it, all of us. He's speaking about all of us. You have died with Christ, and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following the rules of the world? That's a great question. Are you trying to follow the rules, or are you resting that you have freedom in Jesus? You know, the one of the questions that we've been wrestling with is the question of, who are you, Lord? Okay? Well, he is the one who has come to set us free from all fear. Okay? When we enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, our debt has been canceled. We've been forgiven. We have a right standing with him. There is nothing, nothing to fear. Jesus faced every single type of fear when he was here on earth and on the cross. And he conquered those fears. There have been millions and millions of people who have faced difficult circumstances. You've seen some of them. And they have done it without fear because they've been walking with Jesus. Jesus put to death, with death, the question that we all wrestle with. Death is our greatest fear. And he put it to death by his death. And he proved it when he came back to life from the dead and hundreds and hundreds of people, of people, saw him come back to life from the dead. It was something that happened. It was an event. And he did it for you. He did it for me. Because God gives us everything in his son and he doesn't hold anything back. So let's not get trapped in religion or our fears. Instead, let's turn to the one who loves us so much. So maybe you've fallen into the trap of fear by believing there's something more that you've got to attain to have this right standing with God. Maybe you have been believing that it is like Christ and me instead of Christ in me. Paul wants you to know that you can have clarity that God is for you and that he's with you and that he has done enough. There's nothing more that you have to do. There's nothing less that you can do. You're his. When you enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, he gives you everything you need to live for him. And so the question that we have is, so how do we avoid the traps that lead to fear? You know, just like we began a relationship with Jesus Christ, we have to continue to lay deep roots in the one who loves us. And so the way that we do that is each day we meet with him and we allow him to grow us. And so we've been asking this question during our series of simply this. The second question that we've been looking at is, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? So it's like what we've been talking about today. Well, today you've got to continue to lay Roots down in him by spending time with him in prayer, allowing him to speak to you. Spend time in his word and build a relationship with him. And as he reveals things in his scripture to you, memorize them so that the Holy Spirit can bring them to mind when you're in circumstances, when you're in those storms of life and be reminded that God is with you. Don't be afraid. He conquered death. Nothing can hurt you. He's with you in those moments. And as you lay down roots, 
uh, with him and in him, then our lives will continue to look more like his in words and in actions. And as we continue to lay down roots in him, then all of a sudden, when the storms of life come, we'll find that we are not living in fear or trapped by religion. And so today, uh, on the Spiritual Growth Challenge, I've put an article on the back of like how you can spend time with God. And if you've never like spent time with God, then grab the Spiritual Growth Challenge and start to. For some of you, maybe you're like just kind of out of rhythm and you have not been spending that consistent time with him daily, then grab the Spiritual Growth Challenge, get into it. Or maybe you are and just grab it and say, God, just refresh my time with you. And then for others of you who are just checking out this whole God thing, I would encourage you to grab one and go to the Gospel of John. It's one of the uh, biographies, basically, of Jesus's life, uh, commentaries on Jesus's life from the Apostle John who walked with him. And so use that spiritual growth challenge and what it asks you to do and go through, read one chapter a day and wrestle with the two questions that we've been asking with. Lord, who are you and what do you want me to do? And so um, that's how we lay down roots when the storms of life come. Now today, uh, the way that we're going to end, I thought, you know, it's Father's Day and I kind of wanted to do something special and meaningful, especially what we've talked about today, just to kind of put it into our hearts a little bit. And so um, I was wrestling with this and um, I started to talk to Matt and we came up with, hey, you know, wouldn't it be kind of cool to just have like this moment where we have a little bit of a chat and end with this closing song um, that just means so much and we hope that just kind of stays on your heart with you. And so as we were talking about that, I just thought, man, that would be awesome. Let's learn a little bit more about God's goodness and how good he is as a father, that he loves to give good gifts and he doesn't want any of us to live in fear. So if you would, would you help me to welcome Matt out onto the stage with me? Um, And so Matt, come on out. So we've been looking forward to this all week and everything, um, and it's been awesome. So um, now many of you, um, you know Matt, and, uh, but you don't maybe know his story. And, uh, and part of his story is really cool. Um, I think it's cool. Um, and Jeremy over there thinks it's cool. But anyways, um, so, you know, whenever somebody like plays the guitar and sings and stuff like that, I'm just fascinated with like how they learn and everything. And uh, if uh, you don't know, Matt's part of his story is that he had a father who gave this amazing gift of music to Matt. And so Matt, just tell us a snippet of how dad gave you this wonderful gift of music. Well, thanks for bringing me out here, Tim. Uh, You know, I can't come out here without a guitar in my hand, right? (laughs) That's just weird. It's my comfort place, my comfort zone. Uh, But anyway, so my dad, uh, as long as I can remember, my dad always had a guitar in his hand. And so I just remember thinking early, early on, um, gosh, how I I wanted to learn how to play the guitar. And so I finally uh, talked him into teaching me how to play the guitar. Uh, I was around five years old. I was going to say, you talked him in at five. I mean. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So right around the age of five years old, um, he sat me down and he he taught me my first song. You guys want to hear it? Yeah. 
Okay. All right, it goes like this. Prepare yourselves. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. You played that Riveting. at five? I couldn't uh, play that now. I mean, that's awesome. It's five so. years old, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, Matt, um, you know, as we've been talking about fear today and uncertainty and just God's truths, you know, I wanted to talk to you because you got this amazing gift of music. And it's amazing when you became a Christ follower, like how much of God's truth is inserted into the songs that we sing. And so if you would share with us when you've had struggles of fear and how you've used music to allow God to kind of speak to you in those moments. All right, I want to answer your question with a story, okay? So uh, that's where I started with, with music. After, after a while, Dad started showing me how to play chords. And then chords turned into, you know, learning how to play songs. And I could actually play songs and sing. But most of the time, it was, it was always in my bedroom or, or just playing along with Dad. It was never in front of people. And uh, until one day. Uh, one day, his band was playing a benefit concert. Uh, I don't remember how old I was, but it was several years after I'd been playing. And... Um, so he invited me up, and this was going to be my big debut. I was going to sing a song with the band. And uh, I remember I got up there, and uh, the band kicked off, and they sounded awesome that day. And um, it came time for me to start singing, and I froze. Uh, I totally missed my entrance, and so uh, I freaked out. I handed my guitar to my dad, and I bolted. I ran off the platform. Now, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so, um, so that's where I started, and it's, it's been a really long journey to get to where I am now, and um, through all of that, through all the years, I've noticed that God always gives me what I need for what's right in front of me, you know what I mean? And, and so sometimes that's on a platform, most of the time it's not, most of the time it's uh, in everyday life, it's a decision that I have to make. It's, uh, it's a challenge that I'm facing. It's, uh, it's a cry out to God, God, please give me the strength and the clarity to get me through whatever it is that's right in front of me. And I've noticed that most of the time, God will answer those prayers uh, in a song. And so kind of coming back around to your question, that's, that's kind of how God speaks to me a lot is, is, uh, is, is through a song. And, and a lot of times these songs will be a reminder of who he is or maybe his great love for us or maybe uh, remind me uh, about his goodness. And, um, and so today, I thought it might be appropriate for us to maybe sing one of those songs together. Is that okay? Yeah, we thought, you know, hey, you know, kind of going back to Matt's roots, yeah. going back to the living room. And yeah. so what we want to do is just kind of have this living room moment. And I'm going to stay out here and sing, but they won't mic me uh, on this one. Oh. <laughs> but um, we just want you to experience a living room moment with us. And it's going to be a kind of a good old song. So tell us about yeah. it. Yeah, so this, uh, this would be a song that, that, um, that Dad and I would have, you know, been playing together. Uh, we played it many times together. So, so right now, I just wanted to, this living room thing, my dad, he's actually joining us online right now. So, hey, Dad. 
Happy Father's Day. And uh, so I'm going to, we're all going to join you in your living room right now. And, um, and just, uh, if you know this song, we invite you to sing along with us. Uh, and if you don't, then you'll, you'll get the hang of it. God sent His Son They called Him Jesus He came to love
And so, Jesus, we clap for you today. We clap for you. You live inside each one of your children who claims you as Lord and as Savior. And we thank you for that. God, I thank you for all the dads that are here with us today, joining us in the house and online. And, and I pray that you continue to give us the strength and make us into the men and the people that, that you would have us to be. Thank you for being our Heavenly Father. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you so much, Matt. And happy Father's Day to all of you. And uh, thank you so much for being here today. And remember, God is for you, and so are we. Have a wonderful rest of the day, and have a great week. Thanks for being here.